Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. COVID-19 has brought various challenges and for some even difficulties. However, amongst these, we must count our blessings. If you would like to join us in this journey, please contact us via our Facebook or Instagram accounts as Adventist Reflections. In this new project, we dissect things that we were advised before they come to pass, so that really when they come to pass, we believe and strengthen our belief. Are you ready? Here we go. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, we want to thank you so much for the gift of the Word. Uh, thank you for the Scriptures. Uh, thank you that uh, so many uh, years ago, uh, you had planned that we would need it for today, uh, that we would need it for every day of our life. And I pray, dear Father, that um, as you have gifted us the Scriptures, that we may use them as our guide, um, as also as our comfort and our solace and our strength. Uh, dear Father, may we turn to the Scriptures to be able to find you, uh, to know you, and to be able to find peace uh, through them as well. Uh, thank you for also giving us uh, the gift of prophecy. Thank you for the spirit of prophecy. Thank you for Ellen White's ministry. Um, and I pray also that um, in moments like this and in moments like any moment that we face in, in life, may we continue to seek uh, to find you through her scriptures, uh, through her writing, um, and may it also guide us back to the scriptures as well. So thank you so much. May we trust them and may we have faith in what you have given us uh, so that we can face anything and knowing that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, who had a chance? Who had a chance to glance through the chapter? Chapter 2, we're in chapter 2. What is the title of the chapter, guys? Remember, it's a Bible study, not a sermon. So, I, I do have a presentation. I'll show you the PowerPoint. But let's, let's bring about the ideas that you, that you caught out of that. And then whatever is left out, maybe it will be in the PowerPoint. But um, anything that you think. Well, um, I'll share one, one of the quotes that sort of stood out for me. So on page 20, mm -hmm. or if you have the printout, it's under the um, title False Prophets, um, the uh -huh. third paragraph down. It says, I have been shown many who will claim to be especially taught of God and will attempt to lead others. And from mistaken ideas of duty, they will undertake a work that God has never laid upon them. Confusion will be the result. Let everyone seek God most earnestly for himself that he may individually understand his will. Yeah. Um, mm. So I mean, you just look, if you look even today uh, with all the different, I guess, um, theories and maybe causes of the virus and what's going to be the result. And there's so many different versions of everything. Um, And even when it comes to the word of God, there's so many different interpretations. But, you know, she's saying here, let everyone seek it for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. don't sort of take whatever someone is saying as it, you know, go go back home and, you know, study mm -hmm. and pray for God to show you what the truth is. There's, there was a piece under the heading of crime, famines and pestilence mm -hmm. that caught my attention where she said that... Um, where she said Satan is poisoning the atmosphere and we are dependent mm -hmm. on God for our lives. And then she added that we need to be wide awake, wholly devoted, wholly converted, and wholly consecrated to God and wake up. Yes. And that just once again 
caught my attention because I think um, amidst all of this, it's it's still not going bad with us, and and mm. we're a bit asleep. The more time we spend in the Word, the more you know we we realize our dependence on God. The more we'll we'll develop the heart that Jesus had, the love for others and their lost condition, because that's something I need to work on. I know that. Sure. Thank you, Eri. Thank you for sharing that. So we have a couple of things. Mm-hmm. At least I say, you know, that not everybody who is called to do the work or they think that they call to do the work needs to do the work. That that puzzled my attention, to be honest, family, because I'm thinking, am I one of those people who maybe I'm thinking that I should be doing something, but I'm doing something that I'm not meant to be doing? I think it was talking more about giving messages, like prophetic messages and stuff like that. And when you read the chapter mm-hmm. and, and see... The one thing that caught my attention about that passage that you were saying, sweetheart, is the way Sister Watt and the family treated that young man. They mm. kept him at home. They didn't say, how oh, you know, these guys talking heresies. What are you saying about the end of the world? He's like, you know, stay with us, explain to us, because they wanting to correct his error. It was, it was a loving, kind response. That was pretty good because a lot of the times we write people off without giving them a chance, without really like, oh, no, heretic, move them away. And also, obviously, to, to prevent from the heresy to continue to spread. That, that caught my attention. And then you're right. You know what, yes, Anna? I was just going to say, something that was outstanding for me when I read about how she treated him is that the next day, she didn't send him away because they cared. You know, they, it's, that just talked to me. It's, mm. it's like, wow, she didn't just push him away, but... She cared for his salvation so that he wouldn't be lost. And well, yeah. of course, and what you mentioned about him going and sharing that with others, but yeah. that shows you the burden she had for lost souls. Yeah. Like Christ does for us. Yeah. And to be honest, when I read it first, because, you know, they have breakfast, right? And then they all going, all right, let's <laughs> time to go to work. I felt like it was a bit mm-hmm. harsh. And I was like, mm, I don't know. It's, but then when you continue reading, it talks about the description of how it happened. And it says, look, what Sister White did, it was a message that had authority. It was a stern message, but, but the words of kindness and the way the message was shared is what caught the attention of this young guy. And that's what made him reflect. So a lot of the times we can, call, we can tell people, hey, you know, COVID-19, Jesus is coming and kind of like being angry about it. <laughs> but the way we share the message will make a difference when people see that you're actually worried about them. When people actually, which is what you were saying, Iri, right? Like, you know, you, 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 you were very kind to share about your own experience. I feel similarly to you, Iri, in that, um, that we, we need to make sure that we, we, um, that we have that love of God. Because if we don't have it, we'll start sharing things our way and not God's way. Under the heading Crime, Famines, Pestilences, or in the book, it's page 27, she said, Iniquity is, is becoming so common a thing that it no longer shocks the senses as it once did. And, um, and I thought that was, you know, true and scary at the same time. True, true and scary. <laughs> Why do you think it makes it scary, sweetheart? Because, you know, sometimes we can be, you know, we can be doing something and it's become like a common thing, but it's actually sinful. Well, look, last week, I think we talked about Matthew 24. I think we focused on the idea that Christ is trouble, trouble, trouble. There was trouble everywhere, but we don't have to be troubled because God is here. Now we have the signs of Christ's return. Some of you have mentioned a couple of things. I mean, the idea that um, we, we're stubborn sometimes, the idea that we, we need to have God's love in our hearts. We have to renew that daily, the idea that 
not everybody has a message. We, we had some homework last week. I don't know who did it, but we talk about present truth. And, and Elinja White in chapter one says, we need to start talking about present truth. Uh, mm. Did anybody have a chance to look at that? Our present okay. truth now, I think since 1844, is the three angels message, the investigative judgment that has started, and then the fallen Babylon that has fallen because they didn't, they, they don't, churches, apostate churches do not follow the commandments anymore. They don't think it's applicable. And then the third angel's message, that those things, especially the third angel's message, needs to be proclaimed. And I, I must say I haven't heard a, a message on that for a very long time mm. on present truth. Mm. Yeah, we haven't heard much of that um, for a while. I agree no. with you. Agree. All right. Mm. I think you're right spot on in my mind. Uh, at least that's the way I see it as well, Eri. Uh, so the signs of Christ, I think I just put a slide there because I, I thought that it would be a good idea to put a summary of what the chapter is talks about all the signs that will come. There will be turmoil, natural disaster. Now, the turmoil, there's religious turmoil, politically and militarily. There is the natural disasters. You have hostility towards Christ's disciples. There is apostasy as well in Matthew 24. There is dissipation or overindulgence. Like there is like everybody is living in excesses. And there is the proclamation of the gospel. I don't know what you think about all of those, but the only one good thing about it is the last bit, which is the proclamation of the gospel. Everything else is kind of like bad. We already talked about that idea of the trouble part. But the chapter say, do you notice that the chapter say like we should read as Christ's return is it's close, we should be reading Matthew 24 in its entirety? That's what it said yeah. somewhere. And so I and so I think it would be a great idea to, for us to focus on that. I don't think we'll be able to focus in like mm -hmm. half an hour on Matthew 24 in its entirety. But I think we could pick up a couple of things. We already read last week a couple of verses related to the trouble part. So I think we should skip that part so not as to repeat it. But we could start by looking into things related to Matthew 24. Now, let me ask you a question about this. Are these things taking place at the moment globally? All of these things that we have on the left, are they taking place at a global scale? What do you guys think? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, I think you've got, um, you definitely have turmoil, you have uh, lots of, I mean, just not too long ago, we had the whole, and we still do, the whole Islam and radical Islam. Mm. Well, I should rather say radical Islam, not Islam itself, but radical Islam business going on. Okay. Um, you know, wars and rumors of wars. You're talking about wars, you know, we had that, it talks about there, and it's like, you know, you had World War, we had, you know, the Civil War, which Ellen White's time was, of course, you had like, It was, uh, what, 600, 618,000, something like that, people dead. Yeah, right. And then you had, uh, you had World War One, which was like 116,000 dead, mm -hmm. which was just after Ellen White died. And then you had World War Two, which like 405,000 odd dead. Mm. You know, in a couple of days, you, in the, in 2004, you had the tsunami, 230 people, 230,000 people dead, just like that. Wow. Um, in a couple of days' time, as far as you know, like the, the gluttony and intemperance that Alyssa was talking about, you know, yeah, we've been desensitized. And in there, she specifically says, like, you know, it is it is fast approaching. I think is what she says. You know, in her day, these things were yeah. The, the world is fast becoming as it was in the days of Noah, and that was written in 1907. Yeah. Um, 
but you just think about how you know rules and laws have been changed as far as um, uh, marriage. Mm. Uh, you right. know, that's actual laws have now been enacted to, yeah. to, that speak to that issue. And in 1907, you know, that wasn't going on. But leading up to that, you know, it's been it has to have been such a desensitization to actually come to that point where you get a law actually passed. But now it's you know it's just you know everything we just think it's normal. Yeah, yeah, and they're all global. You know, I, I when you're just talking about those laws that you were talking about, Joshua, I, I just cannot. I if you were to ask me 20 years ago that that will ever happen in Mexico, I would say no way, because yeah, yeah. Mexicans are very machistic. They're like. <laughs> You know, we don't, we don't, we don't play with that stuff. You know, men are men, women are women, and that's it. But it just, it just came through, and it happened, and it happened before Australia actually mm -hmm. passed their their, their um their law. So yeah, okay. Now the question mm -hmm. here, so so a lot of these things are happening. So we could really literally say that Christ's return is is at hand. Now the interesting thing is, if we read Matthew chapter twenty four and verse six, you'll find out that. He's talking about all these things before he's talking about this stuff. He's saying, but the end is not yet. Mm -hmm. So, so he said that these are indicators that the end is coming, but hasn't arrived yet. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess the question remains as to then why did he bother telling us this stuff? If the end is not there yet, but what do they indicate? Did she not say, Daniel, Ellen White in this mm -hmm. chapter, that these, these things are there to bring God's people to their senses? Okay. That, you know, this is to, to prepare us for, so that we are ready for the end. Okay. Otherwise, you know, we, we wouldn't wake up. We'd be asleep all the time. So there is a purpose for them. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and he gives the analogy later in the chapter about the fig tree. So it's, these are the, you know, these are the yeah. signs that you're supposed to be seeing so that you're not taken by surprise. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I guess there are. Yes. Sorry, so I was just thinking that. So I guess this is not the end, but this, like you mentioned, this event intend us to tell us of the time, not the specific time of the coming, but to remind us mm -hmm. of the reality of the coming. And then that will have implications for us, whatever that means. And for, for everybody, really, for the whole world, uh, as, as we awaken. Um, if you have your Bibles, I think it's, it's, it's the time when we should start reading. Uh, I'll go for um, those of you who haven't yet because I haven't heard you, if you can go on your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 24, uh, let's read 37 to 39. Just me here, just Georgie here. Oh, Georgie. Awesome, um, Georgie. Thank you so much. Yeah. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Thank you. So I think that was that's what Joshua was referring to. I always skip all the parts when he's talking about famines and pestilence because we already read that last week, kind of. So this week we kind of like continue with the chapter and now he's talking about the days of Noah. And Joshua kind of already talked about that. Um, when you think about it, it's talk, it talks about the human condition of the heart. It's talking not in deference to the natural, natural disasters, but rather about the condition of of the human heart. Any other any other comments about what were the days of jo of Noah like? Um, I'd like to share a little bit about uh, what I read. I can't remember where it was, but he's Ellen White says somewhere. I think it was the original Great Controversy, not the one that we 
yeah. Anyway, the great controversy between Christ and his angels, that the yep. original one. Yep. He talks about what really upset God so much that really like closed their probation was mm-hmm. the amalgamation between man and beast. For some reason, they were trying to breed something, a mixture of man mm-hmm. and animal. And I, I used to subscribe to the Time magazine, and you see this scientific um, innovations. And the scientific innovation is um, a heart of a pig for those who have weak heart. And so they would put a pig's heart into a human, human being. And yeah. for me, uh, obviously, it's a medical thing. But for me, that's like an amalgamation almost of, of men and beast if you okay. have a part of a, of a your body. I've been thinking about this a lot and I'm, you just mentioned it and reminded me of this clearly. The idea that uh, we sometimes think about the people of the time of Noah as rudimentary people like people who were like cavemen and these people were very knowledgeable you think about it, living a thousand years, more than a thousand years of knowledge and living hundreds and hundreds of years yourself, accumulating this knowledge of men in science, they probably were more sophisticated that we give them credit from uh, for us with the limited brain we use from the industrial revolution look how much far we have gone and it's only a couple of hundred years these guys had a lot of a lot of knowledge but i think that knowledge creates a sense of self-reliance self-sufficiency perhaps and i think that happens a lot in today's society you know why do we need god if we have the doctors of the world to save us and they are knowledgeable and we have a lot of machines to keep us alive i think one of the things that also catch my attention about the days of noah guys is think about it. Noah was preaching for a long time and how many people actually accepted? Yeah. I think it's, this is a sad thing. This is a sad thing for me to say, but um, we do need to do something about preaching. But I think that people are getting the hearts of men, of humankind, has become hardened, spiritually speaking, mm-hmm. uh, as well. Yeah. That is very sad, I guess. In 23.4, she talks about reaching a limit. Okay. Uh, very, very soon the wickedness of the world will have reached its limit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as in the day of Noah, as God will pour out his judgment. So that whole concept of, 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 um, there's a limit. There's a cup that gets filled. That concept is repeated here. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll and, show you the, I'll show you the quote that, that um, I think might be attached to this idea of as in the days of Noah as well. I think at least I read this already before, but it says that uh, I'll just read the pink part for, for time's sake. But uh, from the book that we read, the spirit of the Lord is being withdrawn from the earth. Iniquity is becoming so common a thing that it no longer shocked the senses as he once did. I think uh, you read that right, sweetheart. Uh, and, and that is happening. And I think that's happening to a lot of us, even in the church. And I think we should, we can talk about the days of Noah's side, but you know, let's, let's face it. Noah and his family was the only, was, were the only righteous fan before God, but I'm sure that there were all the people who kind of like knew about that God as well. But, and, and it reminded me what you were saying, Niri, that we need to pray. And I resonate with your prayer, with your request, because I, I asked the same thing that God gives us a, um, that heart that is his that is thriving and, 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 and beating for the salvation of souls yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, now let's continue reading Matthew I think now Matthew 24.14 and Matthew 24.30 now we know that those events are for pointing out to the end but it's not the end but these two things do point us directly to the end 
Now, I'm not going to claim here that we, yeah. that I know when the end is, but these two verses says that when these verses happen, that's when the very end is. That's, they, they do point to the end. I think 2414 is very known. So I'm going to add Matt and Daffodil. Would you, like us, would you guys like to read um, Matthew 2414 for us? And I'm going to ask uh, Chloe. Chloe, could you read verse 30? Yep. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Good to see you again, guys, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, Chloe, verse 30. There will appear the sign of the Son of the Man in heaven. And then all peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. Thank you. So there is two things in there, you know. These two things, we could argue they, they do point back to the very end you know we could call them a kind of like a sign the question is do we know who knows when when matthew 24 14 actually has happened how do we know if the gospel of the kingdom have been preached unto all the earth for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come how do we know when that will happen is there a way for us to know <laughs> well we'll know that when it's starting i guess during the dispersion that's um, yeah. what we understand Okay. Just like in Jerusalem, the siege being reproduced again, the siege happens, armies go away, the Christians flee and take with them the knowledge of, of, of Christ to the world. Yeah. Um, Daniel, if yeah. when the seven last plague poured out, that means uh, the door of probation is closed. That means mm. the gospel should have gone to everybody. Ooh. So I suppose when we see the page, we will know that <laughs> probation has closed and everybody now has heard the gospel and has had okay. that time to make a decision. Okay. Okay. So everybody will have time to make a decision. All right. I'm planning to be in a mountain in a cave hiding, so I'm not sure when the plagues will come. But <laughs> 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 Sorry. That's the plan. I don't know what cave or what mountain yet, but if you guys know, <laughs> let me know and I'll run with you. But um, yeah, that could be. Yeah, that could be. I think in my mind, I have this idea that because I have no idea when that will happen, I think that tells me that we need to continue sharing the gospel because we don't know. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, you're right. I think those, there's a signs in Adventism that we don't know. Even Joshua, what do you reckon? Uh, I was just going to say you're going to be up in Mount Walsh. Mount Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is? Is that one in Biggerton? Mount Walsh Six in Biggerton. <laughs> well, everybody's welcome to come to Bigendon. Now, 90 minutes from Jinjin and climb my watch with us. After the chain is get stuff, I've been told. Um, all right. And, and, and then verse 30 implies that Christ, before Christ's return, he will be appearing in the clouds prior to him fully arriving, which comes back to one of those Adventisms, which actually Sister Wise mentioned in the Great Controversy, which is that you and I, who are actually faithful, will know that Christ is actually coming at the very end once other people don't have a clue about it. We all agree? So, so, and I, I, this is not... Yeah? Yeah, the thunderings that are only understood by um, those that are saved. Is that what you're referring to? 
Yeah, look, I'll, I'll show you like, the quote. This is not in the book that we read, but this is the quote that actually indicates that, attached to that verse 30, I think, in a way. There is four points that I, I try to kind of like divide in four points. So point number one is the voice of, of God is heard in heaven, declaring that the day of the hour of Jesus is coming. And, and it says that only, only the people of God know that that's the voice of God. And then point number two is when the blessing is pronounced on those who have honored God by keeping the holy law, there is a mighty shout of victory. There is two things. But by this time, the people of God already know that God is coming. That's in the great controversy 640. And then number three, then soon there appears in the east a small black cloud. I think all of you who have read the great controversy have read this little passage. A small black cloud about half a size of a man's hand. It is the cloud which surrounds the Savior and which seems in the distance to shroud in darkness. And then it says, in, in, um, the people of God know, this is the key, the people of God know this is to be the sign of the Son of Man. So I think verse 30 is fulfilling in here. And then I don't know if this gets you excited. When I hear this, when I was reading about it, preparing for this uh, study, I get a bit of uh, excitement and a bit of goosebumps even. Number four says, Solemn silence, they gaze. In solemn silence, they gaze upon it as it draws nearer the earth, becoming lighter and more glorious, until it is, it is a great white cloud, its base a glory like consuming fire, and above it the rainbow of the covenant. Jesus rides forth as a mighty conqueror. And, and, and that is the, I think that's, that's the very, 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 very end. But I think that verse 30 shows that, in a way, if we've connected with this, that there will be a time when you and I will know that the end, the end, the end, the very end is there um, before anybody else knows. And that's a glorious privilege. So it is my desire, my prayer, of course, that all of us here together actually get to see that uh, at that time, of course. So the- yeah, that'll be just crazy just to hear the day and the hour from God in uh, heaven. Yeah. Down. yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, so those are the signs, I think. Those are the um, the signs of Christ coming environmentally and morally. Now, after that, we also have spiritual implications, though, because I think we need to apply it to us. What does it mean? What are the spiritual implications for the world? And most importantly, I mean, I mean, we, we, we should have a heart for the world, but what are the spiritual implications for you and I? So let's read. Matthew twenty four thirty six. I'm gonna ask um, Rebecca. Matthew twenty four thirty six, and I'm going to ask Caleb. Matthew twenty four forty two. Matthew twenty four forty two. Of that day now, no one knows, even the angels of heaven, but only my Father. Okay. Cool. Matthew twenty four forty two. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Awesome. What do you guys think? What do you guys? What is in your mind, family, as you listen to two things here? Nobody knows the day and the hour. Only my Father in heaven. And watch the, ye therefore, for you don't know the hour your Lord is coming. What could that mm-hmm. imply? Well, it just it just makes you think of verse thirty two. So it does. <laughs> <laughs> there you do you want to read it to us now learn a parable of the fig tree so he goes to the parable of the fig tree so he's saying like well you know you should know and then he says well 
Um, well, no one knows it. Well, it says specifically in the 36, no one knows a day and an hour. But uh-huh. then in 42, it says, um, for you know not that not what hour your Lord does come. Yeah. But in 44, it says, therefore be also ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Right. And then, so then it, so then the one is, you know, there, the hour is like very specific. And then 42 and 44 seem to be more of a, I don't know, it came across to me anyways as a, as a more of a general sense mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that you don't know when it's going to happen and you need to be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then he just told us, you know, you should be able to know in verse 32 by looking at this parable of the fig tree business. <laughs> okay. And so then so you, you go down the signs, and yeah. yeah, yeah. You keep on reading in 45 and 46. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing, which is referring to the two qualities of faithfulness and wisdom. So the, the faithful servant and the wise servant, um, mm-hmm. you know, is actually uh, um, going to mm-hmm. understand and, and be aware. Yeah. And you think about Thessalonians again as well. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. So... So on the one side, nobody knows, but we can have signs that it's approaching. And on the other side, we need to watch the four because we don't know the hour. So it's almost a sense of readiness. Like you mentioned Thessalonians, and I'm, I'm not sure if you are referring to, to Paul's talking about, you know, um, but ye are not children of the night, but of the light. Therefore, um, let us be ready. Yeah, because you're, we're not in darkness. Well, what, what, what the book that we read, chapter two... Um, Clearly, were you going to say something? Yeah, just say because sometimes I don't see, so just just pick up. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, the close of probation is going to be in close relation with the proclamation of the gospel. So that is really what Jesus is waiting for, is for us to be zealous and to be transformed completely that we will show his message of love okay. and that He, the world can see Jesus in us. That yeah. really is what he's waiting for. And so mm. we will know when it will happen because first, once, once the truth um, is being proclaimed by the church completely, then persecution then starts to come in. Right. And then the end. Oh, so, right. um, yeah. Okay, okay. Mm. So that's an important I, I passage. Yeah, yeah. You, we mentioned it before. The proclamation of the gospel will be very obvious. We'll, it'll be on TV. We'll be in the courts trying to testify of our faith. It will be worldwide. So there'll be no doubt about it. There will be no doubt. Yeah. And I think that ties directly into your into the the cup being filled because the cup isn't filled. You know, God doesn't hold people responsible for stuff they don't know. You know, we have that in, in Galatians chapter one or two, I think it is. Um, so, so the, the the cup being filled is in in direct relationship to the actual gospel being preached, because then people are actually responsible for what they now know it to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas before they were ignorant, so yeah. they didn't know what God's they didn't the truth wasn't presented in the, in its true light. Yeah, and so they God in His mercy course doesn't hold them you know accountable to the same degree. So then the cup can't be full. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I. I um just reminded on this, and I wasn't planning to really bring this up if it's not in your mind, but uh, you just reminded me of it, so I'll just say, because it was in the book that we read, and it talks about how uh, God has not restrained the powers of darkness from carrying forward the daily work. 
So all of these calamities mm-hmm. are from the powers of darkness. But then as he continues, he talks about the idea that in the same passage, in the same paragraph, that these things are the result of drops from the vials of God's wrath. And, and the, the yeah. commentary there is basically saying that God is not doing this, but God is somehow taking responsibility for what he's allowing uh, to happen because he's not preventing it. Which tells me about he is such an awesome God because look, it's almost as if it's similar to my children breaking a glass of my neighbor's house. And the reality is that the one who's going to take responsibility is going to be me, even though I didn't do it. And, 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 and that is kind of like what God does, but it probably goes beyond that because if, if one of your children breaks somebody else's glass, I'm not sure that I'm going to be the first one putting my hand up. I'm, I'm going to pay for that $3,000 glass from that cathedral because it's not my child. You go and sort it out unless you can, and then we'll figure it out. But God is saying, you know, I'm going to do this stuff, even, even though it goes against what I, what I do, because it's part of his, 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 um, um, his wrath, his judgment, his, his whatever. Again, I didn't want to bring it because I could open another can of worms as to whether God does this stuff if he's a loving God. And that's not the intention of the whole chapter anyway. So we won't go there. But you just brought that to my attention. I think what the book does do in terms of what we're saying is that, you know, we don't know they are. We have to be ready. And what it says is this. It's saying in, 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 in the chapter two that the tempest is coming and we must get ready by repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's very clear. I think one of you, I don't know if it was Elisa or somebody or Eri, somebody mentioned this. Another passage in reference to this is in here, uh, is the end is near. Probation is closing. Let us seek God while he might be found. There is three things. Probation is near and it's closing. You mentioned that clearly. Seek God while he might be found. Call upon him while he is near. And the thing that interests me is that it comes from messages to young people originally. Um, I think, could this imply that at some point in time when probation closes, God will not be found and he won't be near? I was sharing this to Alisa and I was asking, what do you think about that? But what do your family think about it? Because Pastor, we read... Yes, yes, Annie. But, yeah, I just want to know the reason why God have no certain time for his coming. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Why why people uh, don't know the coming of God? Uh, no, why is it that the the uh, heavenly father did not tell exactly what time Jesus uh, Christ is coming? Okay. Anybody so would like to, the, yes? The Lord, the Lord is coming <coughs> as a thief. Yeah. So why no didn't he tell us the exact time? Okay. Yes. What, what do you guys think? Why didn't God tell us, hey, I'm going to come on the 26th of yeah, May? Yeah, on, on that day, or the, like December or January. Yep. Yep. Anybody wants to give it a go? At, why, what do you think? It's a very logical explanation. Because he, to wants, ready. He, because he wants us to be ready every day, every single moment. Okay. Mm. All right. Good explanation. Straightforward. Yeah, if people were to know, a lot of people would say like, look, it's coming on the 26th of May of 2020. I still have about, oh, no, wow, that, that wasn't a good example. I think I'm thinking of 2030. 
um, people will say, ah, I still have 10 years, you know, to go ahead. And, and that's not yeah. what he wants us, you know. Yeah, good, good. Ah, all right. So the reason why he, the Lord has no time for us to wait in a certain day, for us to get ready every day, to, mm -hmm. to, uh, to, be, to get ready, mm -hmm. be prepared all the time. Just Absolutely. like the um, ten, ten virgin, the, other, the five is not ready and the five is ready. So we must mm -hmm. always be ready. Yeah, got yeah. that. Yeah. So we live, we are, we are studying last day's events. Yep. But we don't know where are the last days from, for us, for our lives. It can be today or tomorrow. That's right. This is true. Yeah. This Nobody is true. tells us we live until Jesus' coming, second coming. That's right. Mm. Yeah. We can die Very anytime. Good. We have to be ready. Perhaps, 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 has to work and has to be very, very firm that we can and we have to learn about Jesus, about God, and know Him better and better. We can be ready every day every moment in the day mm. yeah perhaps this, the this resonates with that um uh who was say milton who was who was saying stephen uh it's uh stephen stephen tell us i want to uh, look at uh that question as well to say that um You know, we are in a great controversy and um, um, after everything has been said and done, we are supposed to be presented before God as trophies. Uh -huh. um, why is to say, because the argument of the devil is that um, we cannot keep the commandments. Yeah. But if we are told that <clears throat> Jesus Christ is coming on the certain day, then we sort of uh, live our life the way that we want. Then maybe 10 days before the close of probation, then we start to get ready. <laughs> I think it's not going to sort of uh, show the... Um, yeah. It will be like me it, going to church. Like, oh, I still have like five more minutes and I kind of like get ready in the last minute. And then at least I would say we always come late. <laughs> we, don't nice, yeah. we don't know it's come late we don't know it's come late but it will be like that right <laughs> it will be like yeah, that so by then our characters are supposed to be uh, to, to reveal the, the, the character of God so that uh, the devil will look at um, uh, the, the trophies that uh, Jesus Christ has redeemed from this earth and say yes yeah. to the devil to say yes the Lord can be kept and uh, we can still find our good people on this earth yeah This this because we are now all the time with God, we can have a lot of blessings having him all the time with us, putting him on the first place, on the top of everything, working with him, living with him, it's real blessings. 
But leaving everything just for 10 days, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have Mm -hmm. that, that real connection with God, really. Mm -hmm. But this is much more better for us and it works for us much better than we could even imagine. I think maybe that quote that I'm showing you on the screen, might, it resonates with what you guys are saying, which is we should be preparing for the mansions that Christ has gone to prepare for them that love him. And that be preparing, I highlighted it because really it, the tense, the, the English tense of this be preparing is it's present progressive, which implies that you have to do it now, but progressively, continuously. So it's something that just doesn't happen now and then we stop. It's something that happens now and continues. Uh, it's like a, it's an it, and it's a verb. Uh, so it's an executive, executive action. It's an action that we take if we, for those that love him. And I guess you and I believe that we love him and therefore we should do that because of the time. Well, I have to just rush through some of these quotes, but um, another one that we have in there again, is spiritual implications related to what we spoke. It's be wide awake, wholly devoted, wholly converted, wholly consecrated to God. I think Iri, you were talking about that part, or I think it was Iri who said that that we need to be yes. like this. That's like, like such a high calling, you know? I, like I feel so mm-hmm. inadequate. I, I, I honestly, at a personal level, I, I feel so unsuitable. And I'm just hoping that the mercy and the grace of God helps my unsuitability because uh, wholly devoted, wholly converted, wholly consecrated to God. And then Ellen Jawai says, she's including herself in this, which is interesting. God of heaven, please wake us up. And there is an exclamation mm-hmm. mark at the end. I didn't add that. It was like that. God of heaven mm-hmm. wakes us up. Wakes us up. And then you have another one. Uh, the plagues of God. I think we already talked about that. The plagues of God are already falling upon the earth. Will not these judgments bring profession Christian, professing Christians to their senses? Mm-hmm. Like this coronavirus thing, these wars. Joshua told us a good recollection of how many people have died through wars, through, through natural disasters, through pestilences. Should these judgments not wake us up because we are Christians. And then go, and then it says, God permits them to come to the world that they might take heed that sinners may be afraid and tremble before, before him. So I think that brings us to this point in our study. And we had to like, as a finish, but do we have parallel responsibilities? Joshua went ahead of me and he mentioned them already, but do we have parallel responsibilities? Let's just read that in Matthew 24 and i'll ask abby i see you right in front of me in my face uh could you read verses 43 to 46 matthew 24 verses 43 to 46 and that tells us about and that's the last verse we're going to read today as we finish this chapter today at least in the sense of of our study in chapter two of the last day events compilation matthew 24 verses 43 to 46 thank you sweetheart you're mute uh, yeah. Um, but know this: that if the go- the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as ye think that the Son of Man comes. Who then is faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when the comers shall find so doing. Mm. 
we thank you, sweetheart. It says that who then is faithful and wise servant. So there is two things: they are faithful and wise, and that implies a couple of things. His master made him ruler over his household to give them what? To give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant who his master, when he comes, he will find doing so. So God makes, if we are wisdom and wise and faithful, we have a responsibility, I guess, as servants of God. And we find that responsibility in this Matthew 24 and also in the last day events when, he, when we have here this quote saying, By unusual workings through the nature, God will express to doubting human agencies that which he clearly reveals in his word. Yeah. So I guess this time of coronavirus, if you want to call it, is such that we could literally utilize it or capitalize it or, or, or perhaps bring people to the word of God with love, with kindness, with mercy, with grace, the way Sister Watt actually reached to that guy who came, ah, the world is finishing kind of thing, like that. With loving kindness and mercy and grace, like God does it, but sternly saying, you know, this is meant to happen, but more things will come, and this is not the end, but the end will come because this is a sign that is coming soon. And and then the second one is in there. Um, uh, in God's purpose, there are among agencies by which He seeks to arouse men and women to a sense, uh, to a sense of their danger. And then the one that puzzles me the most, not puzzles, but rather catches me as well is this one where he says, when she says the judgments of God uh, were coming upon the earth. And some people will say, but we did not know that they will come so soon. Okay, that's okay. But why didn't, why, why didn't they know? But then the next thing in, in, in orange says that some people will also say agonizing, you knew, Daniel, you knew. Why then didn't you tell me? We didn't know. Now, we know that the gospel will come to the whole world for a, for a witness unto all nations. But, hey, would there be somebody, I think in my mind, is, is there somebody around me who will tell me that stuff where I work, where I go and do my shopping, where I go and do my, I won't do, say my haircut because I don't do that, but whatever, you know, in my daily activities or my daily doings, my common stuff. So I think there is parallel implications. And... Um, Any thoughts about that as we finish? Yes, clearly. I, I really, really like that vision, that dream of Ellen White. I read that like many years ago, and that still brings me like shivers mm. because for some reason, we as Adventists think that we will know when probation is closed. We mm. will know Santelo is coming, now we got to get ready. But right. that dream implying that it will close and no one will know. And then the wrath of God will come and then the Sunday law will come. So right. then that's very, very tricky because in great controversy, she said that the plagues will bring about this Sunday law right. that will put the death decree. So if, I haven't really studied that completely, but that is kind of telling us fire will fall from heaven and then we will realize, okay, that's actually the first trumpet or the first um, sign that mm. probation is closed. And then, oh, oh no. Anyway, that's just my thought. Yeah, no, no, good, good. Um, I, I did say that we finished with Matthew 24, um, the last verse. Uh, yeah, Josh, you wanted to say something. I, I, I saw your hand reaching. Yeah, I was reaching. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... that's um... 
that one and then in, in five testimonies, um, 713, mm. about four, um, just some really, really ones that really spoke to me as well that like like uh let none sit in calm expect expectation uh-huh. of the evil that's going on and um and then further on she says we are not doing the will of god if we sit in quietude mm-hmm. she's talking about you know we're just waiting for because that's almost like what is is um in to a degree like in my mind that uh, you know you, you think about in his, historically 1888 and and the son-in-law that was going on and then mm-hmm. uh, once his name that went up and fought it uh, Jones A.T. Jones he, he's the one who went to the court and yeah, fought Lord it and Jones yes and you know they're like you know trying to get it stomped down and, and not actually go through with it mm. so on the one half, you know, we think of it, we think of end time events as, you know, momentous times and, you know, this is what everybody's waiting for. Why on earth we would want to like curtail it and, and stop it or slow it down? Let it, let it happen, you know, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, we have these admonitions, um, uh, that, that we need to not just, um, be complacent and that we should, and like like the, the ones that you just put up, um, you know, mm. are, are we are we telling other people? Are we sharing with other people mm. um, about what is about to happen? Mm-hmm. Or are we just sitting as spectators, yeah, waiting to let um, prophecy be fulfilled and 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 think that we're just going to you know come out the other uh, come out the other end of all the tragedy that's going to happen and still be on God's side? Yes, yeah. you know, really. It, uh, hit me, I think. Um, just reading through those things again. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I think I mentioned this text before, and I said that we won't read any more text. But I, I think it's. I like the text. Chloe can read it. Chloe, Chloe can read it. Read what it. is that first? First John three sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Thank you. This is how how we know what love is because Jesus laid his life for us and we lay our lives for the brothers and sisters. Now you might be thinking, well, that's only the Adventist church Christian people. The reality is that in my Bible it says, you know, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. There will be one flock and one one shepherd. So there are brothers and sisters. We don't even know they're brothers and sisters because we haven't called them in, but they are. So we must lay down our lives and that's the love of God. So we finished with that. We finished with the idea that you all spoke about the at the end. It's interesting that you spoke about the close of probation, the Sunday law, the Sabbath, all this stuff. Because this, this, this uh, ultimately God is in control. We finished with that the whole the last chapter, and this chapter doesn't finish any any different because it says you know the physical forces of the earth are under the control of the Creator. Also, the religious movements of the nation are under the control of God. And then especially, I love this, especially with reference to the enforcement of Sunday observance. And then let us not forget that the three great powers of heaven are working. Hand is on the wheel. God will bring his purposes to pass. And I think this is a good place to stop for chapter three, because next week, chapter three is when shall these things be? God is in control. Even the Sunday law is being held back by him. So when shall these things be? Basically, what we're going to be talking about next chapter, I hope you can read it, chapter three of last day events. It's talking about, among many things, you know, signs of his coming. We've been talking about that. 
the, the belief that people have at the time. You know, when you think about the pioneers in the 1800s, uh, like Joshua mentioned that they believed that Christ was coming in their time and, and everything was kind of like set up. There were a lot of things going on there and even the Sunday law was getting ready. But God held it back because we just read that God holds back that. So the question remains is why does God seem to delay today? Is he really delaying? And if so, why? And what are we doing about that? What does it mean for us? So I'm hoping that that will be next week. Any final comments? Yeah, I read one of the verse here that Jesus is coming when every um, his children is already ready by the time he is coming. So there are some more children that is yet to be ready. So mm. that's why he is a little bit late. Yeah, mm. I think that's very mm. relevant. Readiness is important, yeah. you know. There's so many verses that tells us that. I mean, I just think of Peter. Maybe that'll come next week as well. You know, that Peter is Second Peter 3.15. And uh, he's not a slack concerning his promise. All right, well, let's pray. Thank you, Georgie. Let's pray. Wonderful, Lord. We want to thank you for this opportunity to come together. So many families in different places in Australia. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that we could study together. Thank you for uh, Dan as well uh, for preparing this study for us. And uh, it's so wonderful that we could share what we learned from this chapter. Dear Lord, we pray that you may be with us in a special way. Help us, dear Lord, to keep distractions away and to study for the next week and on a daily basis. Mm. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray that all of us may have a good rest tonight. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.